Hello and welcome to Living Veda. I'm Rachel and I want you to live long and live well. Together, let's explore the ancient art of Ayurveda and yoga so that you can build a life well-lived. I'm here to teach you these truths in a modern and livable way, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, I am sharing with you five simple and powerful ways that you can weave Ayurvedic living into your daily life in 2022. Okay, so first, let's move away from the idea of a New Year's resolution. I do not love them. It has this awful feeling of like a mass marketing complex that's capitalizing on people feeling like they're total crap and they need to reinvent themselves. And that is not what I'm going for here. No, thank you. Uh, so New Year, New You is, is, not, is not the vibe at all. But rather, I'd like to remind you how beautiful it is that you are alive and how wonderful it is to be well and to enjoy the life that you have. And if there are ways to cultivate more of that goodness, then I'm here for it. And Ayurveda is all about that. It's about living long and living well and enjoying the dance along the way. It doesn't exist in the fear space where you're constantly trying to ward off some proverbial vampire that's coming for your health. <laughs> Instead, it's just an understanding of the natural laws of the universe that help keep us in balance so that we can enjoy this life. Yes, please. So, from the mindset of enjoyment and appreciation and health, I offer you five ways to weave this wisdom into your day-to-day -day life. Number one is both my favorite and the most powerful. When something is in the way of that regrowth process going smoothly, we call it AMA. And AMA can be physical or emotional or spiritual. But let's focus for a bit on the emotional ama and the mental ama piece. Modern science is showing us more and more how true it is that the emotional body has the power to turn on or to turn off certain aspects of the human genome. The work of Dr. Joe Dispenza studies spontaneous healing. I love this, it's so cool. Okay, so the idea is like, I had cancer and now I don't. I was in a wheelchair and now I'm running on a beach. And his research shows us how changing a person's emotional state, sustaining levels of awareness around old patterns, and consciously creating a new way of being allows diseases to spontaneously heal. This is healing that happens on the mental and the emotional level, and then it has a healing effect on the physical body. And I love this. I find it so empowering. All human beings have this power. I don't care how much you weigh, what you eat, what you believe, what, what whatever. It's the great human superpower of healing, and I, I wanted to get more press. <laughs> so basically, as a person leaves behind their old story, they're also leaving behind their old neural pathways. And as they choose to become the person they want to be, the disease leaves because it exists in the old version of the person and not the new. Uh, he compares it to an actor practicing to embody a role. And I love that because I get that. I was an actor in a former version of my life. And this idea makes sense to me. It's that you're not just cerebrally becoming this person. It's you're 
actually becoming this new human being. And we know that environment triggers disease, but that doesn't only mean the physical environment that you find yourself in. It does mean that, just not just that. You could be at a five-star spa with the best massage therapist on earth, but if inside your mental and emotional body you're existing in a state of fear, stress, or anger, then the environment that you are in is primed for disease. And our bodies are smart. They don't go into a state of repair and regrowth if we're telling them that it's a live-or-die survival moment. Okay, so what do we do with all of this? To me, this is like the best mashup of Marie Kondo, who I'm obsessed with, but that is for another day, uh, Dr. Joe's work, modern science and epigenetics, and really old, old Ayurvedic wisdom. So why Marie, the brilliant goddess of tidying up? Well, the entire premise of her work is on creating an ideal lifestyle. So you imagine yourself living your idealized life and then you get rid of all the stuff that's in the way of that becoming your reality. It's thorough, there's work involved, there's conscious awareness, there's choice, there's saying goodbye. This is basically what we're doing with the self. It's like interior design of the self. So Dr. Joe, modern science and epigenetics show us what Ayurveda has been teaching all along. Nothing is fixed. You can absolutely turn on new ways of being. Your brain can, in fact, learn new tricks, and it's really cool. Ayurveda turns to meditation, mindfulness, and consciousness to help make this happen. And let's demystify a little bit what that means. It's just that you're paying attention to how you feel, and you can do something about it. You're paying attention to how you behave, and you can do something about it. And you're, you're able to separate the true self from that voice that's inside of your head. And when you do, then you can teach that voice to be a friend and not a foe. Basically, you're creating yourself to be the way you want to be. And the best tool for that is conscious awareness. And that could be an entire separate lesson. And we'll come back to that another time. But being conscious of what you're feeling and thinking and doing and choosing to move into the space of what works and away from what does not work. So number one, remember the power of your mind. Remember the importance of environment as it relates to well-being. When you find places where your mind is stuck or it's being unhelpful or even harmful, make a conscious choice to think a different thought. And this is a lesson from the Yoga Sutras as well. I think it's probably my favorite one. Yoga Sutra 233 says, when disturbed by negative thoughts, opposite ones should be thought of. I love this. It's like, as soon as you notice your brain doing something super not helpful, choose to think something else. So yoga and science and Ayurveda are all reminding us, remember the power of your mind. Okay, that brings us to a slightly more gross application of Ayurveda in number two. Number two, pay attention to your poop. <laughs> yes, really. In order to really pay attention here, there might be a belief system that needs to be put down. Belief and poop, just in case you thought Ayurveda was going to be boring. Okay, so you know the idea of, oh, but that's just how my body is, or I've always been this way 
or but I had a doctor who told me this was normal. All of these beliefs and ideas are possibly going to stand in the way of you really being able to truly observe yourself here. Your poop is an information center. It, if it isn't going smoothly, it is your intelligent and helpful body giving you clear information that something needs attention. In Ayurveda, healthy poop is well-formed, like a banana. It's easy to pass, and it happens either once a day in the morning or twice with the second time being in the afternoon. If that is not your experience, it is a sign of imbalance. Too loose, and it can mean the pitta is too high, or too hard, or constipated, and it can mean that vata is too high. Too oily, and it can mean that kapha is too high. The longer the imbalance has existed, the more challenging it will be to correct. And that's why it's so important to really observe and be curious and to introduce interventions as soon as you can observe that something's up. It would not be wise for me to offer you some one-size-fits-all poop solution here because individuals are way more nuanced than that, but I can absolutely invite all of you to pay attention. And the more you're aware of something, the more possible it is to do something about it. All right, onto a, a nice turn with number three. Let's introduce a simple moment of luxury. Number three, use a dry brush. Okay, as the mother of a small toddler, I really, really appreciate this practice. It is so simple, it's good for my skin, it feels good, it helps me wake up in the morning, and even better, it takes less than two minutes. Simple. Start at the feet and brush up the body towards the heart. Do the same with the arms and the fingers. So you start at the fingertips and then brush in towards the heart. You would brush down the neck and shoulders towards the heart. You get it coming in towards the heart. And it's super, super easy. You can do this with any natural bristle brush. I love the energy brush because it has these little bits of copper in it and I think it feels really good, but that is just personal preference and any dry brush will do. For so many of us, it is just not realistic to be able to do some full-blown self-care practice in the morning with oil and time for abhyanga and an hour of sitting. I mean, I feel you. Life with small kids and families and work is real. And that is why I especially love something fast and easy that I can consistently do. And I hope you like it too. Okay, so is there anyone who should not be dry brushing? Yeah, sure. So if you know that you're experiencing a bata imbalance, I'd stay away from this for a while. And I wouldn't do it before bed really for anyone because it's a stimulating practice that wakes up the lymphatic system and it makes the whole body tingle and feel good. And that's just a better way to start the day. It's such a wonderful, simple luxury. It helps keep the skin soft and fresh. It's wonderful, it's doable, it's fast, it feels good, try it. <laughs> okay, so number four, become a tongue scraper. Yes. Okay, you guys, this is just necessary. Once you start this one, you are not going back to before. This practice is amazing on several levels. On the basic and super practical level, it's hygiene. It's taking the coating on your tongue in the morning instead of brushing that junk all around it in your mouth, it scrapes it out. 
that coating on your tongue is whatever didn't get digested. So if you eat a dinner that is well digested on, and just easy on you, then the coating on your tongue the next morning is pretty minimal. However, let's say you take down a, like a cheesecake and a milkshake right before bed. Because those are heavier things and they're harder to digest, you're for sure gonna have a thicker coating on your tongue the next morning. That's how this practice becomes another great observation practice. What am I eating that's leaving a big white thick coating on my tongue? And what am I eating that leaves my tongue with a much lighter coat? It's a wonderful clue into what's sitting well with you and what's not. And this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. We, we gotta pay attention here. And the more you know and you can see, the more you can do about it. <laughs> the logistics of tongue scraping are really easy. A tongue scraper looks like a horseshoe that got stretched out. The rounded part goes to the back of the tongue and you scrape down toward the tip. Uh, next, you would do the sides. And you repeat just as many times as you need to to get the coating off. Now we're not trying to remove the taste buds here, so be gentle. It should be totally painless and I hope even pleasant. Scrape your tongue before you brush your teeth in the morning. Once a day is good. And this ritual is such an easy and helpful way to weave Ayurveda, self-care, and observation into your day. All right, my friends, number five. Drink CCF tea. What? <laughs> I'll explain. Okay, so Ayurveda sees digestion as a fire, a really important fire that we absolutely want to keep burning. And one way to continually stoke that fire is with warm, like hot tea warm water. And this water can be sipped all throughout the day. If adding spices seems off-putting to you for whatever reason, simply switching out your cold water for warm water can work magic on the digestion uh, process. And if you want to take it up a notch, then we add in these three spices, cumin, coriander, and fennel, it's the name CCFT. You'd add about a teaspoon of each in their whole seed form to warm water. The seeds stay in the water. It's not like a tea bag where you take it out after a certain amount of time. However, it drives me bananas to have loose seeds in my tea. So I put them in those little DIY tea bags, and, but that's just personal preference. Either way works totally fine. And these warming spices increase the warming properties of the warm water and help stimulate digestion and nurture the digestive fire. The warmth of this tea is also thought to help burn up ama. And again, ama is anything that's left undigested and unused by the body. And when ama is just left to sit around, it can start to cause problems and blockages. So sipping this warm tea throughout the day might also be helpful in losing weight, burning up ama, uh, if that's something that will be good and helpful for you. And on a really sweet, simple level, this is a great self-care practice to make yourself some warm tea. You could even choose to notice what you're thinking and feeling while you make the tea. You could listen to the sound of the kettle. Watch your mind. It's a beautiful way to work in some digestion, boosting, attention, focusing, self-care goodness into your day. Those are my top five for the moment, friends. So one, pay attention to the power of your mind. 
Two, pay attention to your poop. Three, start dry brushing. Four, become a dung scraper. And five, drink CCF tea or just warm water. And these are five things that you can realistically practice every single day. Every day you can remember the power of your mind. Hopefully you poop every day. Dry brushing and tongue scraping are great, easy, helpful morning practices and everyone can use some warm water every day. And I hope that these practices bring more awareness, goodness, and well-being into your day. If you want to learn more of the ways to take good care of yourself with Ayurveda, check out the self-care rituals from Ayurveda course. It will lead you through two weeks of simple, guided dinacharya or self-care practices from this ancient tradition. It includes everything from hair care to gums and teeth and skin and breathing and more. Every day explains a new ritual in under 15 minutes and by the end of two weeks, you'll have all the information you need to build your own practice. And if you're looking for even more ways to learn, I've created a free ebook on the doshas and how to live with nature's laws. And you can get both of these at vedacircle.com. And I'm on Instagram, people. Come say hello to me. It's Veda Circle. I'm there almost every day sharing Ayurvedic insights, and I'd love to connect with you. So until next time, may all diseases be conquered as by a powerful forest fire. Thank you so much for joining me here, being a part of this circle, living out this wisdom so that our entire world can start to find more balance. And goodbye.